Hello, everybody, and welcome to, I believe what I'm supposed to say here is welcome to this emergency podcast as Mike Waters and Brent Axe, Syracuse.com, getting together here as we have some significant Syracuse basketball news that came down today. And that news is that uh, Syracuse junior forward Benny Williams has been dismissed from the team. So certainly a lot of questions come up. What's the reaction basketball-wise? And we are going to hear from our Syracuse Sports insiders coming up and what they're thinking, feeling, and reacting to this news here today. And your reaction is certainly welcome uh, throughout here. Uh, I'm going to turn to Mike in a minute here, but let's just take a breath. And this is what we know, okay? For those of you maybe just joining us that have not heard, it came down earlier this afternoon, a late morning actually. Syracuse put out a statement on social media that Benny Williams had been dismissed from the Syracuse basketball team. There are certainly a number of documented incidents, things that we have seen, things that we have known. You go back to last season when Benny Williams had what was described as a a personal day, a mental health day, if you will, and did not play for Syracuse. This season, he missed a preseason game and the first two regular season games in what was deemed a violation of team rules by head coach Adrian Autry. Benny Williams also missed the Gonzaga matchup in the Maui Invitational due to what was deemed a violation of team rules. Fast forward not too long after that, early December, there's a game between Syracuse and Cornell at the JMA Wireless Dome. Benny Williams is on the bench, and through the course of that game, Benny Williams not participating in team huddles, distant from team huddles. We have photos of Benny on the bench just kind of like, disengaged just kind of looking like he you know if you just want to interpret what the photos look like certainly not happy and maybe looked like he wanted to be anywhere else than where he was but but clearly you could see dismayed and upset at the decision adrian autry deemed that in the post game just he wanted to put his best guys on the court in that case not described as a violation of team rules Mikey, just go to the Saturday matchup when Syracuse lost by 29 points to Wake Forest. There were three things that happened in that game with Benny Williams. He received a technical foul in which he threw the basketball kind of behind him in a frustrated way, certainly not handing the ball to the referee type of situation. He bumped shoulders with Adrian Autry, and you can see the video of that. There's certainly circulating on social media. You can see Autry kind of bite his lip there and maybe like maybe not the time to address this. At the end of that game, as the clock is winding down, and as we mentioned, what is a blowout loss, there is video. You can clearly see Benny Williams leave the bench, does not participate in the handshake line, and you can see Coach Coach Alan Griffin try and kind of grab him and bring him back, which he was not successful in doing. These are the things we know. These are the things that we have seen. And what we now know today is he has been dismissed from the team. So that lends itself to a lot of questions and a lot of speculation, Mike, and certainly we don't want to wait in the world of speculation. But one step we can take here and move forward on is what this team does basketball-wise because there's nine games to go in this season. It does beg the question, why now? But for now, in the short term, Adrian Autry having to sacrifice in the short term for the greater good has a basketball adjustment to make here. So, Mike, I just want to get your thoughts just on – just the news today and taking this in, and then I want to know what you think, and Mike wrote about this on Syracuse.com, the basketball adjustment this team makes because they've got a schedule to finish out. 
Yeah, in terms of the basketball, uh, the, the makeup of this team, the roster, the rotation, you know, Benny was, you know, he started as a sophomore. He was not starting this year with all the other stuff that had happened before the season and everything. He never, he never re, you know, regained that starting spot from a year ago. So he's been coming off the bench. But still, as the season's gone along, he's become a guy who's played about 17, 25 minutes, uh, you know, since maybe January 1st. Uh, you know, a, so a vital bench guy, uh, you know, they're going to lose height. He was six foot nine. They're going to lose athleticism. Uh, they become very thin at the forward spot and really the biggest forward they had because one forward starting at center. So, I don't, you know, if you want to, you know, talk about Malik Brown, is he, you know, can you really include him in a forward rotation when he's having to start at center right now? So, you know, now you're down to your two starters at forward. Those guys are playing, you know, they make you undersight. You know, Chris Bell at 6'6", Justin Taylor at 6'6". Justin Taylor's been starting all year long at power forward at 6'6". And as you've gotten into games against the other power five schools and ACC schools, he's giving away size almost every time out. But you always had Benny there, where if the matchup was really a bad one, you, you, you bring Benny in and he helps even things out. And he won't be there now going forward. So... You know, a team that was already a little undersized becomes even more so. And Adrian Autry's, you know, can do a couple things. He can decide, okay, we go all in on being a small ball team. And, you know, your backup forward is quite your Copeland. Uh, maybe you play some three-guard lineups with Kyle Cuff Jr. joining Judah Mintz and J.J. Starling. But, you know, another option, in a, you know, aside from those two, is you can – play about as big as you possibly can at this point by you're still starting Malik Brown, but maybe you bring in Peter Carey off the bench and move Malik to the four. If it's one of those games where the other team's got a, you know, a center who you have to respect, but also a bigger power forward and you just can't afford to go small, you can still, you can remain big, but you're going to have to play Malik now at the four. You know, when Peter Carey was coming in for Malik beforehand, you know, you brought Malik out because to, you know, put him, you know, remain him on the floor means you're still risking fouls. You know, Malik can get into foul trouble. You want to give Malik a rest at times. You want to also take him off the floor so he doesn't build up fouls. But, you know, that might have to go out the window now on, on certain nights against bigger teams. And, and you, you're going to have to play big. We'll also have to see just how much time Munir Hima can give them. He's been dealing with some chronic nagging stuff you know a year ago was the foot injury we've heard earlier this year about the lower back issues but you know he did come in and play a few minutes at wake forest you know we'll have to see how much he can give them going forward um you know and you know whatever time he can might be necessary especially if you're trying to keep both peter and malik out of foul trouble Mike, this is a team that's got nine games to go. It it would certainly be an uphill climb for this team to just get on the bubble for the NCAA tournament with Benny Williams. Now you don't have him. And, and those rotations and those adjustments that you have to make, as you described, you and I several times on this podcast and in other places have said, as frustrating as these incidents have been with Benny Williams and the ones that we knew about now add on what we know just in the last 48 hours that you're going to need Benny Williams to play it as, in some capacity. We have seen flashes of that. We have seen him help this team. We have mm -hmm. seen all those things that you described, his athleticism, his size, and getting to the basket. And This contemplated, Mike, with, or combined with, I should say, Justin Taylor really struggling 
through ACC play and a little bit of a breakout against Wake Forest, and, and we're going to have to see what he contributes going forward. But this team, by all intents and purposes, needed Benny Williams to come off the bench. So he's gone now. The other aspect of this to, to me, Mike, that is fascinating is, look, just because you're the elder statesman of the team does not make you the leader. Not no. everybody has the chops to be the, the leader, and that's fine. Nobody asked Benny to be the leader, but this is a unique situation and that it's such a young team with so many freshmen and sophomores contributing, Mike, that Benny was the de facto veteran leader. So if you are Adrian Autry, not, not a leader, but he's your elder statesman, right? So if you're Adrian Autry, you're looking for leadership qualities at the very least from the oldest member of the team that's out there actively playing. I'm just kind of opining here what I think Autry's dealing with here, but if the incidents continue publicly and who knows what happened in practice and things that the team only knows. That's a big part of this too, right, Mike? Because when you have an elder statesman on the team that's not, you know, by the standards of the head coach following what he has to do, people say, well, why do it now? That certainly leads me to believe why you do it now in the sense of a player in that position cannot be going astray as much as Benny Williams did. Right. Adrian Autry, you've heard him. He, he uses the phrase standard. You know, he's got the words orange standard on the wall in his office. That was a new addition when he moved into Jim Beheim's old office and he was making it his. And he, he talked about that with me uh, prior to the season. Standards, orange standard. Well, if you're trying to establish a certain set of standards, hey, listen, you don't have to be a coach to understand this. Uh, you could be a teacher, a professor, uh, an office manager, a parent. Um, when you put forth a, a list of rules or standards that you want, you know, folks to, you know, live up to or abide by or whatever your phrase is, um, and you have somebody that's not living up to that, not meeting those standards, especially when, like you said, you have a young group here. This 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 team is made up largely of last year's recruiting class. Those six kids that came in together, they're now all sophomores. Peter Carey, what you know, you can call Peter a redshirt freshman if you want to. But all those kids, you don't want somebody who's working against you establishing that standard, right? You can't have somebody constantly breaking team rules. I mean, after a while, you run out of strikes to give a guy. And you're like, listen, um, you know, you, you just can't have somebody in the locker room that's not pulling with you. And I think Benny is a great kid. You know, we've all talked to him. He's, he's, I, I think he's actually, um, when, you know, when he talks and he's very thoughtful, he's, he's a pleasure to talk to. But obviously, you, you talked about the stuff, you know, violation of team rules before the season, another small violation of team rules that, you know, put him a seat on the bench at Gonzaga in Hawaii. Um, you know, whatever happened with Cornell, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, you know, he's not meeting that standard. And, we all saw it on display at Wake Forest on Saturday. You know, we don't know exactly why he's been dismissed from the team now, but we can pretty much get to a point where we understand what Adrian Autry had to do, right? I think you um, put it well in the sense of how many strikes do you have here? And it just hit the threshold in terms of those strikes. And you mentioned what a pleasure it's been to talk to him. Now, Benny is not been available for the most part to the media this year, which is his choice. You know, he doesn't have to talk. That's, that's certainly his mm -hmm. choice to do so, but you do want to kind of get a sense of, 
what I appreciate about Syracuse having an open locker room is you get to talk to the players and get their view on things and why this situation was the way it was. And you got to keep in mind you're dealing with 18 to 23-year-old uh, young men that are dealing with a, a variance of things in their lives, right? But it is good to get their perspective on things, right? I'm really struck by this too, Mike. I wrote a column about this on Syracuse.com this week. That press conference, and you were in the room, mm-hmm. was bigger to me than we've got to play harder against Louisville. That felt like, speaking of standards, and Autry did specifically mention they have to live up to these standards. Autry kind of had his eureka moment as a coach. There's no handbook for this. There's no, hey, in game 10, you're going to know this. Game 15, you're going to know this, right? That doesn't happen. But I really felt like Autry came in, and it wasn't just about how they played in that game, though some of it was specifically about the Wake Forest game. That almost felt like to me a you're either with me or against me type of moment. And, like, this is the way it's going to be. And if you don't like it and you can't live up to it, then there's the door kind of thing. This now speaks to making this kind of move now and the urgency of it is well beyond this season. You have to patch together what you can for the next nine games. But in the constant fluid state that college basketball is in, Mike, this is how we're going to play for Syracuse, not just for these next nine games, but how Syracuse basketball is going to be under Coach Autry, just in case you didn't know. I think he tried to set that standard up to this point, but you have to see how the season plays out and where you're at, right? If they had won that Wake Forest game, who knows what kind of conversation we're talking about. They pick up a quad one win, maybe they're kicking the can down the road a little bit more, but now I'm not saying they're punting on this season, but let's be realistic here about what's in front of them. So, Mike, being in that room, did you get that sense too from Autry that what he said and how he said it wasn't just about that game? Oh, I yes, I you weren't there, but I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, that was the feeling that th- this wasn't just about Saturday night. This was about standards that had been laid out, uh, but needed to be apparently made clear again, you know, 22 games into the season. This is the standard going forward. This is how we're going to play up to that. You know, you have to do this. You know, when he used the phrase, you know, I'll, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to get it quite right, but to paraphrase, you know, I'll play the walk-ons if I have to, mm-hmm. as long as, you know, they play, as long as they play the right way, you know, it's so, yeah. And I know I, I've, I've seen coaches do that before. You know, I've seen coaches pull starters off the floor and bypass subs and send in walk-ons, you know, uh, to make a statement. I think this was a night where, you know, Adrian Autry said, listen, I, you know, I, I've been preaching these standards to everybody here in the locker room. Um, and, and quite frankly, you know, Benny's been dismissed, but quite frankly, a, a number of the guys in that locker room haven't been living up to those standards. Now they haven't been violating rules, right. You know, and stuff like that. Um, but like I said before, you know, uh, making the analogy or comparison to either a parent or a teacher, you can't just sit there and keep telling kids, you know, papers are due on Friday and then accept them on Monday. <laughs> you can't keep telling your kid, pick up your room or you can't go to the party on Friday. And then you let them go to the party on Friday and the room's not picked up, you know, and, you know, I, you know, we, we all understand this. And I, I think it's a shame. I, you know, I, I hate the fact that, you know, a college 
you know, kid like, you know, a Benny, a young man, you use the phrase young man, that's probably better than a kid because he is not a kid. He is a young man, though. Um, you know, I, I hate that, you know, he has to be suspended from the team. And I'm sure Adrian Autry thought long and hard about this because this is a big step to take. You know, it's you could have easily just suspended him again for a couple games. But, you know, obviously, I, I you know that's why I think Adrian probably thought long and hard about this because it's a big step. And, Mike, we're in an era here where this is player empowerment era. We just saw this week the Dartmouth basketball team. They have been deemed employees, which opens up a whole other can of worms, which we'll talk about at another time. Name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal. So a coach has to control what they control. And what they control is the standards to which you're going to play if you choose to play at Syracuse, playing time, the things that are still within their grasp, right? And I feel, as you said, that Autry thought long and hard about this. And people are like, well, not just ride it out till the end of the season and everybody can part ways. We have the portal, as I mentioned. I don't think Autry would do this unless he felt like he absolutely positively had to. As I said, you have to sacrifice in the short term for the gain of the long term in this case, right? So we've covered the basketball aspect of this. We'll see what other details come up. We'll see what Autry and the players say after uh, they have a game tomorrow at the Dome against Louisville, of course, coming up. What I want to hear now is uh, some things that our Syracuse Sports Insiders had to say about this, and we would love for you to join our growing community of Syracuse Sports Insiders. What a day to be one today. Something like this happens you can reach out directly to me, get the breaking news, get the analysis, get the reaction, what we know, and just what you're feeling and thinking about this. Plus, you get priority on this podcast and our Syracuse basketball postgame shows to share your thoughts. And to become a Syracuse Sports Insider, all you have to do is text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that right on your screen it's free for two weeks try it out see if you like it and then it's just 3.99 a month after that and our syracuse sports insider community is growing uh, exponentially at this point we would love for you to be a part of it arvin leads us off here and says time for everyone to move on give him credit for coming back and trying to make it work this season but just never lived up to that potential Paul L. says Benny didn't rise up to that four- or five-star ranking but was an important piece of this team with McLeod already out and Chance Westry still unavailable. The roster is getting thin. Mike, that's also a point worth revisiting here. Benny Williams was a big recruit. He was a five-star recruit, which it just goes to show you how these things play out. You can put numbers and rankings and stars on this thing. You just don't know what kind of player and what kind of person you're getting until they get here and they live it and they breathe it, sometimes for a couple of years. You don't. I mean, you try to as coaches, you know, you try to get a read not only on the player, uh, but the, 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 the personality behind the player. What kind of kid are they? You know, um, because that can tell you how they'll develop. You know, do they really love the game? Do they grind? You know, how hard do they play? What kind of person are they? How do they treat their mom? You know, um, you know, just anything like that. Coaches try really hard as much as they can to learn the person, but it, it's difficult because, you know, you're limited in the amount of time you're allowed to contact players. Um, you know, so unless you're really, you know, cl- you know plugged in, um, you may not know. And if there are issues, sometimes people are really good about hiding them because in a way, all they all they want is the best for the kid, right? Gabe asks, uh, another question for you guys, uh, but in the Coach Beheim years, do you remember a player getting dismissed? 
I'm racking my brain. That's a great question. And I, my brain isn't coming up with anything. I'm going to have to sit down with my media guides and my list of rosters. Now, obviously, guys have been suspended before. Right. There's been a lot of discipline incidents, but I there has sometimes just, just yeah, yeah just dismissed yeah. Sometimes players were suspended, and it wasn't by Coach Beheim; it was by the university. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes if it was a legal issue or an academic-related issue, uh, it wouldn't necessarily come from the basketball office; it would come from the university. So, um, boy, that that's a tough one. I, I don't, I cannot remember. I couldn't think of one off the top of my head and even just a, a, a quick search on that as well. So we'll see if we come up with somebody there. Micah says, I think it's important that Red to make this move as head coach. While we likely won't get all the specifics, this is a real life moment. And he adds, much like the rest of us, and Mike, you made this point well, there are real rules you have to follow and real repercussions for your actions. Kate jumps in to say, makes me wonder if there was some sort of ultimatum given like shape up or walk out type of thing. It seems like some of the guys are heartbroken over it. Uh, Earlier in the show, Mike, I showed some of the emoji reactions from the players and that's so 2024, right? Like I don't speak emoji. Some of them are pretty obvious. Like there were broken hearts from Judah Mintz and Quadir Copeland and a couple other ones, which, you know, are they reacting to the move or it's like, we're in an emoji society today, so you kind of have to try and translate it. But the players were reacting to it, and we'll see what they say tomorrow if they've had time to think about it. And certainly I think they'll be told to speak about it in a certain way. And, you know, sometimes what you say in public is not how you feel in private. And it's a team issue, so I think they're going to be be careful with it. But we do live in a world that's more revealing in a lot of ways thanks to social media and we de- did see that, as John B. notes here, lots of love for Benny on social media from former teammates. Makes you wonder what this decision does to the locker room as a whole. Yeah, I'll guess, jump in on that one, yeah. Brent, because that's an interesting thing. I, I think you probably have some teammates who will feel really bad for Benny. Yeah, I think, you know, put yourself, you, you know, neither one of us played college anything. Uh, but you played lacrosse in high school. I, I played a little baseball, a uh, little basketball. Um you'd be sad. I mean, that's a teammate, a friend, somebody you, you've been spend a whole lot of time with, but at the same time, it is possible to feel bad for somebody, but also understand why, you know, coach had to do what he did. And you, and, and, and you gotta, you know, realize punishment, you know, it's, it's sometimes there's a, there's a sense out there. You can be sad for somebody, but almost like, okay, I appreciate knowing that there are rules and and there are boundaries and I feel better about knowing where those boundaries are. It's almost like a sense of security when you, when you give anybody, you know, uh, guardrails, you know, that, okay, I get it now, you know, that I, I understand this. It's almost a safer environment than being told their rules and then seeing somebody violate them repeatedly with nothing happening to them. Couple more from our Syracuse Sports Insiders, Mike, including Kevin B, who says, "Still very sad, despite the erratic play. I found myself rooting for him and excited when he came into a game. Hopefully, he can find another home." And we'll close with this one from Al, who says, "I disagree 100% here with Red. Your best player should start, especially when things are going south. Whatever mind games the coaching staff had been playing just did not seem to work." For Benny Williams and Mike, I think Victor put. The, I, I lied. I have one more comment because it went back to what we said. Interpreting emojis is above my pay grade, but it doesn't seem like a popular decision. Same, no, no, Victor. No. Same. You know, I, I should bring in my seventeen-year-old to uh, to translate uh, the the emojis. Again, I would not equate somebody being sad for their teammate and you know, and, and 
you know, we see the broken heart emoji with, with thinking that decision was unpopular. Right. You, there's nuance here. It can be, we don't know. Right. It, it absolutely can be both. And also yeah. the idea that he's not starting his best players. I, listen, I think Benny had a lot of potential and his athleticism was tantalizing and we love to see the dunks off lobs. But beyond that, what makes you think he was one of the five best players? Why did he deserve to start? That's the, it's the, and what ends I, up happening is let's, I mean, quite often. Let's look at the numbers, right? Well, and what, I think what you'll see in the numbers, Mike, and I've talked about this on post-game shows a lot, say Justin Taylor may start, but Benny will end up with more minutes. He so did. the starting thing is, is somewhat overrated. It's a play out on who's playing the best that night and, and gets the run. I think we saw quite often lately that Benny would get more minutes anyway. He was getting some. Yes, yeah. he was getting more and more, but he was also shooting 20% from three. That's he right. was about 50% at the free throw line. His rebounding numbers were about the same as Justin's. So if Justin, and again, you can't just say, you know, someone's just a better player in stardom. If somebody else is not giving either 100% effort or abiding by rules and stuff, then what, what kind of team are you running? That's exactly right. It's, it harpens back to what we said. You can't kind of feed the beast there if they're not adhering to the standards that you're putting out there. So it's going to be an interesting week, Mike, how this team reacts on the court. Certainly we get an immediate answer to that test on Wednesday night when Syracuse plays Louisville at the Dome. And I know Louisville has had its struggles this year overall, but they gave Florida State a heck of a game just this past weekend and does have some talent on that roster and is now facing a, a Syracuse team, which look, sometimes Mike, we've seen this before. You've seen it plenty of times. The court could be a sanctuary sometimes from these distractions. This is a direct basketball-related thing because you're missing a player that you need out there. But Syracuse has played without Benny Williams a few times this year. They've been through that. It's kind of banked in their head how they do it and know that he's not available. Saturday, Joe Girard comes back to the Dome. There's going to be plenty more on that coming as, as the week goes along. And will be a challenging game for Syracuse. And who else takes a look at this situation even during the year and says to themselves, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is not the type of situation I want to be in and thinks about leaving. That happens every year anyway in college basketball. And how you hold the glue together here and, and get a team. to This was the question Saturday, Mike, after the, the Wake Forest game anyway. Now enter what can be deemed, I guess, for lack of a better term, a distraction, something that's pulling you away from the task at hand. Sometimes getting out on the court is, is the best uh, medicine for this type of thing. I'll be very curious to see how they play, not only as a result of this, but, of course, what Red Autry said on Saturday about how they need to play going forward out of that Wake Forest game. Yeah, and I'm sure practice on Monday and practice again today was um, probably, a, like you said, sanctuary, a little cathartic for the guys. And the coaches got to get back to coaching a team. You know, that uh, right. that Red has said to these guys, listen, you got to play up to the standards. So we'll see where they go. But it'll be really interesting in a lot of different ways on one Wednesday night at the Dome. Uh, and, and like you said, Louisville might be two and nine in the ACC, but they've got some guys. Mm-hmm. And they've shown that they're capable on a given night of beating a decent team. They won at Miami earlier in the year. They put 101 points on a Florida State team that bottled up Syracuse. So how they, how they scored 101 against that Seminoles defense, I'll never know. But, you know, so this is not a walkover, oh, we'll be okay sort of night uh, for Syracuse. This is a 
This is a game where they're going to have to come out and be mentally ready to play. Otherwise, they could get punched in the mouth again. So stay tuned, friends, going forward. Certainly, uh, we'll be all over it on Syracuse.com. Please sign up to be a Syracuse Sports Insider by texting the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. The latest that I know, the latest that we know, will be sent right to your phone. Your questions, your comments, your opinions, certainly welcome in the flowing discussion we will have there. And plenty more as the week goes along here. For now, for Mike Waters, I'm Brent Axe. This has been a special edition of Syracuse Sports with the dismissal of Benny Williams from the Syracuse basketball team. It's all been presented by Krause Health, the official health care partner for Syracuse Athletics, and we will catch you next time.